0: Okay, you ready for some spiritual meat? Oh, well, you just came for milk, did you? You just came for a glass of milk, or you want some meat this morning? And for a lot of milk, sometimes it's good to just mix it up with some meat. And I didn't uh, expect really this morning uh, a yeah, spiritual meat. I thought it was a to be milk, but there you go. I had it in my mind to start with that. The whole day period, it can be difficult. It knocks you off a stot or your mm-hmm. weekly routine. And there's a temptation when you're, when you're so involved in ministries, when they stop and you think, okay, I'll just act like a kid for a few weeks. Go in my bed for the time I want to go to my bed, get up for the time I want to get up. There's no routine. But during this last week, especially, uh, Isabel started a new job and she's going well. So far, so good. I thought, no, this week, not so much ministry, I'm determined to can the heart of Jesus. So I've been... Spending a lot of my time walking, praying, seeking the Lord, reading the Bible, and just listening to some glorious sermons to get fully charged up for the season ahead. And for now, I came to prepare my sermon, I thought, I said, mine. I was going to preach on just Rahab. Rahab, it's, just, it's after Easter, and Rahab's an amazing story, and the story of Rahab she was a lady of the night there's no no, no kids here they're doing stuff she was a a prostitute right and yet through one act of faith the story goes that god had said to joshua look moses is gone we're going into the promised land going into the land flowing with milk and honey the canaanite land moses had failed to take the nation into through different things and then, as we're going to read, Joshua says, Okay, I'll go, but I want to f- send a few spies. I'll send a few spies. Rehab, if I was a lady of the night, and pulling the unusual for men to hide out do in Harpad. Some men come how do The king says, How We've heard of spies, there's two men came, it's Spy new land, get Rehab, she'll care if it's happening. You ever watch a the movies? then the policemen will usually go at the ladies of the night. And say, if it's going on in the street and they'll say well wait i can and they slip in my five hour oh they suddenly can so the king sent for rehob and says look you, you can fit's if it's going on in this city. and uh no no nope, nope. they've came and they went and they're gone but they didn't realize that Rehab had hidden them the spies went back and says okay joshua the land is good for taking let's go for it and this is what the New Testament has to say about Rahab. And when Rahab hid the scouts, who said to us, "Please remember me. I know that your God is supreme. Our hearts are melted. We've heard that your God has dead for your people. Please, can I be saved?" And the people says, "Cushib did an act of faith, but a red, scarlet rope." Outside your door, outside your window, get all your family in. When God's judgment comes upon the Canaanite people, we'll see the reed scarlet. Abdi that's within that household, will be saved. What a message. Scarlet, what you think of? Scarlet, red, Passover, blood of Jesus. You see the blood, saved for judgment. It's a great Easter story. That's just, oh, I, was, I thought I was gone. Redemption so starts a new life. Is an Israeli and the community. Thus is fit. The New Testament has to say, she is marked, and the heroes of faith in Hebrews, beside Abraham, beside Daniel, beside Moses, says us, mark a doctrine out of this if you want, by faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient, James two twenty five in the same way James has just told us faith without works is dead. James then mentions Abraham through faith he was what sacrificed his son Isaac until God says no. Straight after Abraham she could have picked he James could have picked on a hero of the faith. In the same way, in the same way as faith, in the same way as Abraham the founding father of the faith, in the same way was not even Rahab. The prostitute, considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies, sent them off in a different direction. Her faith and her works was matched together. She was seen to have faith by fit she'd done. The amazing story of Rahab. And as you read in Matthew, the genealogy of Jesus, she pops up in Jesus' geneal- genealogy. Boaz's mom the great story of Ruth and Boaz. Boaz's mom, Rahab. What a story of grace. What a story of redemption. But turn our Bibles to jo- Joshua chapter 2. Joshua chapter 1. Yahweh says this to Joshua, now the time has come. Cross the Jordan. Go into the land. Every place you put your foot, it's yours. By grace, it's a gift. I will be with you, said Yahweh, just as I was with Moses, by my divine presence. Overwhelming victory will be yours. You don't need to worry about a thing. Three times, God says to Joshua, be strong, be courageous, be strong, be courageous, be strong be courageous. The command was as clear as day. Cross the river. I'm going to defeat the enemy before you. It's it's, it's a clear, concise message. Joshua chapter 2. In the middle of the night, then Joshua secretly sent out two spies from the Israelite camp at Acacia Grove, he instructed them, scout out the land on the other side of the Jordan, especially around Jericho. The two men sat at night and came to the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there that night. Before I even got to Rahab, either the Holy Spirit asked my question or asked myself a question. If it was the point or the... Scouting trip. God had said, didn't He? You go, I'll be with you. We gotta flatten the enemy. You've got to me. You gotta be in a new land. Joshua had previously a scouting trip that went wrong. He was part of a scouting trip that went wrong. Moses, same scenario, God says to Moses, God, the land is yours. If it didn't Moses do, did Moses was never instructed to go send scouts. 12 scouts went, 12 came back. Who much gave a good report? Two gave a good report, 10 gave a bad report. Caused confusion, complication. I was one of the two, Joshua and Caleb. And here we go. God says to Joshua, go, the land is yours. And Joshua says, okay. Before I go, though, I've got to send scouts. And the scouts went, just a two, and says, okay, they're terrified, it's good to go. If it would have happened if the scouts came back and says, I'm not sure, we're like grasshoppers again in our own eyes. Their people are giants. Have validated the, 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 the scouting trip. God had already said. There's two things I want to get across this morning. God has already been and God has already seen. Why did they need a scouting truck? We're always trying to scout stuff If there's a future hold. Before, if God says to you, I've called you, set you apart to be a missionary in Africa, the first thing you will do is scout the land. You'll go on Google. He says, I said it about Africa. You'll go on Google, wouldn't you? And you can, God has said, a clear word, he's sent my Africa. If you've got kids, you'll see, what what sort of school will they go to? If you're mean, you like food, you'll think, what sort of diet? I'll scout with the land before I even go. I want to I'm stepping into. Now, God's already said, go. It doesn't matter if you're stepping into it. If God says, go, have you a day? You have to go. For human nature, like Joshua takes hour and says, okay, God has said us. But in the middle of the night, when nobody's watching, i got to send two people across. Even though God says go, how can God say go? Because God had already been in Jericho. He'd already seen Jericho. He's a great I am. He's Alpha and Omega. I'm sure if you've heard the song, the beginning and the end. And he's God eternal. But we want to scout out land. We want to gain more information. The book in Revelations is very clear. There'll be trials, there'll be tribulations, there'll be a mark of the beast. The church will be rescued. Wedding feast of the Lamb, make sure you're there. The church will come back, we God, we Jesus, be a new heaven, a new earth, and we'll live forevermore. Never will one temptation, never will one sickness, never will one death. And God will wipe away every tear. But we are continually to trying to scout with the land to see what does that mean? It's a mark of the beast. That's the Antichrist. During COVID, I was sent a lot of YouTube clips. Is this a Mark of the Beast? Is it a vaccine? Is King Charles the Antichrist? You try and scout with the land if it's before us. I'll tell you this. I do not know and God does not require me to know. I don't need to scout with the land. I have enough problems for today. I need to worry about tomorrow. All I need to gain is God gains. God gains. He's already been and He's Mm -hmm. already seen. When I was studying for the Easter story, what astounded me was this prophecy. You study The life of Jesus, especially around the Easter story, this is what it says continually. He got on a donkey. And the disciples realized after the resurrection, they had no idea if it was happening in the moment. They look back and says, so that the Scriptures may be fulfilled. At the crucifixion, they divided these garments amongst him, throw a dice, so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Broke his body, now one of his bones was broken, or so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. Over 300 accurate prophecies about the coming Messiah, that was going to be born in Bethlehem, so that the scriptures may be fulfilled through a virgin, so that the scriptures may be fulfilled. This God that we serve is God eternal, He lives through time, and He sees time for the beginning of the end, and He's not trying to mark stuff up. As He goes along, revelations, every prophecy still to be worked out within the confines of time, God's already been, and God's already seen. And He's working out His plan of salvation. The difference does that mark to you? We can trust Him that He cares for His We can trust this eternal, supreme God that created humanity within the confines of times, seasons. We are time addicts, aren't we? A few years ago, already looking at your watch, thinking, oh, I can't, I wouldn't but I'm not willing to bite here at one o'clock to, to get served up. Please finish at 12. We think about breakfast time, dinner time, supper time. It's time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time of fruit We're in the confines of time. We're time addicts. Because we live within the confines of time. It restricts us. And Jesus became part of that restriction. But God became flesh and God became man. And Jesus couldn't be everywhere at the same time. For he walked with his feet. He walked. We do. But God doesn't. And before you even get to tomorrow, God's already been there. He's already seen it. I start to think about prophecy. And the theme of this morning, I guess, is being, be released for anxiety and cares and worries. Be still and know that He is God. Do you trust that God knows for His deen with your life? And what I prove to you is a great doctrine that God's eternal. And He cares for His deen. If you leave here this morning, we just two things pumping in your spirit that God's already been and God's already seen, then I've done my job. Prophecy. Go to Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3 contains, they say, the first prophecy of salvation, back in Genesis chapter 3. God made man in his image. Perfect to enjoy him, enjoy the blessings of being in the garden. We'll get to that, some of that in a, a minute. I just want to turn your attention to, to prophecy. Satan manifested a serpent that had arms and legs. Could you imagine that? Like if a snake had arms and legs, like that would be dangerous. I well, would be running completely in the opposite direction, especially if they were fast runners. But God that God had given humanity a promise to be obedient and love and care and take authority and dominion. God made humanity in his own image to be loved, creator, and creation together. Walking in the garden, perfect unison, intimately known, intimately loved. We given an opportunity to choose. Folks say, why is there evil in the world? God gave humanity an amazing gift to choose Him, but to choose Him, there's also got to be an opportunity to not choose Him. God didn't want a bunch of spiritual robots that was forced to worship and to praise Him. God wanted people that had the ability to choose Him, to come to church on a Sunday morning and to worship Him and to praise Him, to, to have that capacity. There's got to be another option, Our option was the why of the devil. So, devil says, "Look, did God really say that He's stealing your joy?" They, for the first time, moved away from intimacy with Jesus, intimacy with the Lord, became disobedient. Death came into the world, and this is where God judged everything. Genesis chapter three, verse fourteen. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, "Because you have done this, you are cursed." He cursed the snakes more than all the animals domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. That's what snakes do, right? They're on the dust. They're animals of the dust. They grovel. God, do you know why? Their arms and legs. I will cause hostility. There will be anxiousness between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring there will be anxiousness and hostility. There will be a war between you, the serpent, and your offspring, other demonic forces. There's got to be hostility between everything like you, you lion. you're a deceiver, hostility in the woman and her offspring. There's got to be anxiousness who's made to know God. There's hostility between you and the devil. He's a liar, he's a deceiver. He wants you to get out of God's will. There's hostility, there's a battle. But listen to it, it, says, it continues in verse 15. But he, someone from the woman, will strike your head and you will strike his heel. Right at the first son. God judged what was happening. He judged the serpent. He says, I'm taking away your arms and legs. You've got to be a woman. You've got to be an animal or the ground. You've got to be cursed. You've got to be, go about in your belly. And the woman, the offspring of the woman, there's got to be hostility between the two of you. But someone will come for the woman. He will cause you a blow to the head. He will strike your head, a knockout blow. And you, he said to the snake, but you will strike his heel. God, that's eternal God, spoke unto time, and says something's going to happen in the future, an offspring of the woman, someone, born through a woman, That will put on flesh, that will look like a man, breathe like a man. Someone's going to come up and be born into this earth, and he's going to strike a blow to Satan and to the snake. But you will strike his heel. God's eternal, he knows the beginning for the end, he's an Alpha and Omega. He's never restricted by the confines of time. God had already been to the cross before it even happened. God had already seen the cross before it even happened. The Christ had been crucified before the foundations of the earth. God had already been there, and He's seen the cross. He says, "I was like, I'll be a son that's going to cause a killer knockout blow to the work of the enemy." We see it through the work of the cross and the resurrection of Jesus that humanity can have overwhelming victory in Jesus, the Son of Man and the Son of God. It's like boxing in a boxing match, what, what did they go for? They didn't fight the ankles; They go for the killer blow, which is of the head. There will be a blow, but you will strike his heel. So what does that mean? That the enemy entered in Satan, entered in Judas, it says, according to the Gospels, and betrayed Jesus, he was crucified. That was Satan striking Jesus' heel. He was just striking his heel, not enough to knock Jesus out. It was God's plan according to Isaiah they would be broken and bruised. Why could God had already been? God had already seen. read the suffering servant, according to Isaiah, and it says that them that was given prophecies had no idea that they spoke about, but it was the Holy Spirit spoke and speaking through them. As far as we get the wonderful scriptures, all have fallen short of the glory of God and Christ was smitten. He was marred before and beyond anybody else that's ever been marred and smitten. He was looked as like he was one cursed fig God. He was led like a sheep before the slaughter. Oh, that's written in Isaiah. Why? It's a point of prophecy. So that you could know. God's already been. God's already seen. You can trust him. Joshua didn't need a scouting mission, yet God used it to rescue somebody that he did seek, called Rahab. As you need to know this morning, this eternal God is now restricted by your time scale. God's already been. God's already seen. The difference should that mark to your life as a born again Jesus follower? This, you didn't need to worry about a thing. That's what Jesus says. God has already been in my future. He's already been, and He's already seen author of faith, the perfecter of faith, are left to worry about if you have a God that has already been to your story and already seen. If you got left today, then to worship Jesus, trust Him in the moment as He works out His plan of salvation in your life. I cannot obey God yesterday; it is gone, and I cannot obey God tomorrow because I'm not there yet. As I have gotten in this life today, is right now. Do I trust Jesus? Do I love Him, and do I want Him? In the confines of this restrictive place that we car life. He knew me and he knew you before he was even born. He knew the family he was going to get born into. He knew the people that would surround you. He knew that you would turn to him at a certain time, a certain place, and maybe this morning. He knew that you would be here. He cares the difficulties you've gone through, the worries and the cares. And guess what? He's already been and he's already seen, but waits you for next week. But it's not like when we speak and sing about God has went before me. We sing and declare, he's went before me. He's a God that goes before me. It's now like God's on Monday and you're still on Sunday. And he's trying to work things out on Monday before you get to Monday. So you can live a better life and you, you live your best life now. He's went before you completely through all eternity. He can, for now I'll breathe my last breath. It's already written and already mapped out. But I don't need to worry about that day of the day. For tomorrow can take care of itself today. There's enough worries of its own. I may be saying this because tomorrow I want a tragedy. Maybe God's led me here because of I kinda of scout out the morning. In the morning I gotta face some difficulty. And when I arrive to Monday and there's some difficulty football, I say, well, God's already been, and he's already seen, and he's allowing me to know him in this place, to trust him, to give him thanks in all un- circumstances, knowing this, God's already been, he's already seen. What are you worried about, church? What are you worried about? You got the difficult news before you got the difficult news. God already been and already seen. And He knew He's going to place you in that circumstance. And for you to trust Him in that circumstance, knowing that God's already been and He's already seen. Somehow He's allowed it. Easter for me is a great time, a time of celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's actually a time it brings up some grief. We've lost some good men and women through the church, ruin about Easter time. Can I explain anything about that? As I can say, is this God already, He's been there and He's seen there. And He'll work it out as we go. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. Listen in the King James version. First, I'll read the King James version and you'll go back and forth. as NLTs and NIVs. There's a even though you know and in there'll be a few New King James versions in here, but I feel this, lest by any means, as a serpent, he says, I've got a fear. This is Paul writing to the church in Corinth. I've got a fear, lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, deceived Eve, through his subtlety. So your minds should be corrupted from simplicity that is in Christ. Paul says, I've got a concern about the church in Corinth. Things are getting complicated. Just as Eve was deceived through subtlety face Satan, there's corruption, which is complication, and it's getting corrupted from what? The simplicity that is in Christ. The simplicity that is in Christ. If I would say, this, sometimes life's too complicated. I've got all things to juggle. and I can't remember what's happening in the morning. I can't go kids. I've got I try to please Abdi. Try to see a church getting built. I'm trying to do this. Try to care for Abdi. It's going to get very complicated. Paul had a fear. The church is getting complicated. It's moving away from the simplicity that is in Jesus. Listen to this. Back at the garden, God says this. Then the Lord planted a garden in Eden to the east, and there He placed the man He had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground, trees that were beautiful, that produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden He placed a tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, water in the garden, and divided into four branches. Describes the branches, and then verse twelve: the gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic resin and onyx, whether that is stone, and also found there. A very simple command was given to Adam and Eve, and it was this I'm putting beautiful things in a garden. Trees are beautiful. Fruit is beautiful. You can eat it. Ah, the tree of life, you can eat it. Ah, eat as much as you want. Never go hungry. Never, never be satisfied. Eat your fill. I was already flowing to overflow. I'm just one tree. The knowledge of good and evil, then I eat art, but everything else, knock your salute. Simple, eh? When the enemy comes to compli- complicate things. Did God really say, say this? The teen, their eyes are off is something that was beautiful and it's some mysterious thing they never tested before and went for art. The Christian life is simple. God has offered us something already beautiful in the life of Jesus. He's offered us good fruit in the life of Jesus. He's offered us hope, the tree of life, which was always a picture of the life of Jesus. Far marks a Christian life complicated. us. Man-made religion, complicated church. God-made relationship, simple. Paul said about the church, this should be simple. It's getting corrupted because it's getting complicated. Teach your people again the simplicity of knowing Jesus. Then I worry about the morn? God's already been. God's already seen. He's got that son up. Your job today, trust him, love him, worship him. He's already offered us something beautiful. He's given the truth. The word of God. You see, the Western church today, complication, 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 corruption. They can't even decide Father's supposed to marry. How has this came about? People move away from the simplicity of knowing Jesus and the man made doctrines and think they've got a fetter hang into the word of God. When God says, no, keep it simple. Know me, church, today. Worship me today. God has already been, and He's already seen the future, and He says, Many will be go wandering away for the faith. There'll be a triumph of brilliance for the church, but many will fall away and be deceived. He's already told us why, because God's already been, he's already seen. And he encourages the church. Then I complicate things. Be sure of your salvation. Then I get your doctrine for YouTube. Then i be a Christian conference addict. And I say, as we are, Respecting the work of God in different places, then I'd be a Bethel addict, then I'd be a Hillsong addict. If you're into reading books, you read this book more than other, other books. Because other, other books is man's opinions on this book, and they could get wrong as well. Other, other preaching that we hear in other conferences is man's interpretation, the best that we can, and sometimes we go agly about this book. The sure, steadfast way to bind the faith. This is spiritual meat. Read the book. Read God's word. Keep it simple. Is that doing? Ask God to reveal your, His book. I thought it was what I'd study for. Rehab. Be a great story. we will maybe keep up for next week. Why was stuck on one verse? They sent spies—a mission that God had never ordained. Why did they send spies? Because I was unsure about the future. But all they needed to do was trust God. Because God had already said, I'm gonna be with you. We gotta conquer the land. You gotta see overwhelming victory. And he promises a Christian. Overwhelming victory is found in Christ Jesus, the promises of God, found in his eternal book that we we'll find. So what you worried about, before you got the bad news, God had already been in it, already seen. And your great gift that we give back to God in those moments is this, I trust you. We sing, we sung a song this morning on the world's worst at mining lyrics. I can mind scriptures, never further out in the Bible, but I can mind in them. Though you pass through the fire, we sang about God's promise. Though you pass through the fire, you will not be burnt. You will go through floods, yet you will not drown. The God sees us. He's already seen for what we're going to go through, and he's already been for what we're going to go through we can trust them going I end with this what Paul says 2 Corinthians 4 17. you still wema well you need a before you leave God's already been God's already seen you've got what is about working Monday God's already been there Already seen there so you can go out and work smiling why because your God's already been and he's already seen and he's placed you there as a testimony to say, well, it's okay, they will be undone we it's ever facing me on a Monday, because God's already been, and God's already seen. In the Western church, you've got big pollution is that God doesn't want any hard times for you. Just pray about it, name it, and claim it, and it'll disappear. The greatest testimonies in heaven will be, I was in." a boat that was gone doing. and I was in a stormy situation that is not going to be in eternity, but I seen God in it because I knew God was with me in the storm. And I believe God can heal for sicknesses and diseases greater than the truth about healing bodies is the truth that God is with you and the trial. That's the great salvation. And we will keep praying for sicknesses, and we will keep praying for people to be free. But the Christian must also know that it is to see God in the fire and say, I'm going through this, but God's already been here, and God's already seen this, and He's with me, and while He's with me, I will trust Him. I will pray for situations to get changed, more than that. I will worship Him, I will worship Him, I will worship Him because He's an eternal God. And I'm restricted, but He's eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, can you give me an exaggerated five minutes, which might turn to ten, and then we'll finish, okay? This is Paul's experience, listen to this, I'll read for verse Verse 7. He's explaining for his preaching. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay, jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. He didn't say, I'm so strong and so wise, people should listen to me. He says, I'm a fragile jar of clay, God's treasure is within me, but this makes it clear that this great power is not for me, it's for God. Okay then he starts detailing his, what he goes through in life. Verse 8, we are pressed on every side by troubles. On the here can feel pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed because God's already seen and God's already been, and he's got, I'm there. We are perplexed, but I'm not driven to despair. I'm not going to get depressed about it. Verse 9, we are hunted down, but I'm never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, But I'm never destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that life or Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Verse 11, yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. We live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. We'll go to verse 16. But that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, it's restricted by time, we'll go to sleep. Our spirits, the eternal part of us, is being renewed every single day. Our present troubles. He's already told you what his present troubles are. You can list them. Troubles. Perplexed hunted knocked down suffering if i asked the average christian if they had the same troubles and they listed all that they would you might say quite rightly go for some counseling go for some deliverance to find out that their great, great 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 granny might have been a witch doctor or they might go to the doctor because ah oh, this is just out of control i need help Listen to what Paul says. Our present troubles, everything that I just listed, are small. Oh, hold on a minute, Paul. E- e- this guy hasn't been to church before, has he? E- e- t- he? That's big problems for me. Somebody came here and said, I'm going through a, that, you've got big problems. When you see your bloodline, see what's going on here. He said, I'm going through a, that. And I call them smart. Why? Because he's got an eternal big God, and won't last very long. I would like a cup of coffee with Paul, would you? I, I, I would like to hear a spoon's curry with Paul, would you? That's the kind of people you need to rock with. Those for you are gone through, it's my. Why? Because God's already been, and he's already seen. And he's, we here, and ah, uh, I when mean, God's very big in your eyes. Everything else can become small. We, yes, does it doesn't say in Psalms, magnify the Lord. We put the magnifying glass on our problems. And say this problem's really, really big, and I read my Bible for a few days, but I can meditate on my troubles, and they're really big, and from the magnify your problems, they become really big. When you stop reading your Bible, stop praying, your God becomes really smart. But if you are in unison with the Lord, you're a one with him, and you can the truth of the gospel, and you can the real. your problems even though in the top five might be chaos, or hell might be breaking out loose, you can be a Paul and say, they're smart, and they won't last very long. Why can he say they won't last very long? Because God's eternal, he's already been in and he's already seen. And every problem you've got is confined as well by time. And it's ticking down. Tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. Because there's now a clock in heaven. I can't know how that must feel to go to heaven and there be restricted by time. Some of you should be saying, hallelujah, I'll never be let for a church service again. I'll never have to walk in. 20 live in and see if you'll see, man, hopefully it's not full because then I can sneak in the back. If it's full, I may have to get the front seat. There's not dinner time, supper time. just not time. Every one of your problems, everything that you are worrying about is causing you chaos. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. I can assure you this. The Apostle Paul outlived every one of his problems. They won't last very long. He got problems at work. Well, maybe we will retire one day, but time is ticking, doing God will maybe snatch you before then. The point is, you don't need to worry about it. God's already been, and he's already seen. He knows when I get up, he knows when I lie down. I don't need to worry about the crisis that the world's in. God's already been. God's already seen. And I can How to solve the climate crisis or the crises of wars and famine? The world seems to go from one crisis to the next. But God says for his people of faith keep it simple. Trust me. I've already been. I've already seen what you're worried about. Spiritual meat. He's given us beauty through, through Jesus. He's given us the actual tree of life, Christ Himself. Don't be deceived and be undone by your trials and your worries. There'll be no trials in heaven, no watches, no time. He will deliver a lot of for being let for stuff. You'll never be let for anything again. You'll never be let either. You'll never be clock-watching, you'll never be fearing the appointments, the continual dread of people and your resources that will all be gone in a second, because God has already been and God's already seen, and we get to trust Him. Last Scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, I give was given us as a bookmark. When I was in the teen challenge. It's a well-known verse. I'm gonna end here. I'll maybe take a minute because I kind of find it. The only scripture I never put a bookmark on was the final scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. Some of you still can us, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The spirit of the world cries, trust us, we can't force-pick in the boot. The government shouts, trust us, we can't force-pick on the boot. Intellects will say, trust yourself, study, trust your gut instinct. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend, whatever you do, on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do, and He will show you which path to take. You then to examine the path, you then to scout it out, you then came for the future holds. Today, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek Him in all you do, and He'll take you down a path. How can he take you down a path? Because he's already been, and he's already seen. I'll tell you how this came about and what a land. I had anxiousness last week, just an anxiousness. And I pray, as you should pray as well, am I still in the place that God wants me to be? I've been here as your pastor for 10 years. This is now a resignation speech, by the way, okay? <laughs> you say that's a shame. <laughs> right? Isabel starts a new job. I'm 40, You go through a midlife crisis, and you always think, am I still called to be here? It's a real question. So I'm out walking on the beach. I am here in a moment, crying out to the Lord. It's a great place to cry out to the Lord. Hardly anybody's ever on the beach. Only time of the day. I think I was, even on a bonny day yesterday, I counted four people out, right? So my point is, you can shout and you can sing and you can pray as loud as you want. Nobody will hear you, right? And I'm saying, God, am I still supposed to be here? Because the danger is, I really love you. I love that day. But if i'm not supposed to be here then i'll cause you harm i think well we've planted a church as it's time to do, we, do we go through that fits next god fits next try to scout the land fits next for me fits next for this church fit is next and i was like god you need to tell I love here but i don't want to love in something that's near your well if you've got to move me on somebody else come and do this that will move the church on and i'll go as well it's a moment. I don't get scared about that moment. I'm just being really real with you, which I should be. And then start I started reading this. I think it's a coincidence. God answered my prayer. I was looking for a burning bush. You see, when you're out on the beach, you think, well, I've, I've spoken. I'm in the desert. I'll maybe get a Moses. I'll maybe get a burning bush. I'll maybe get some, some reeds. I'll maybe take fire and God will speak to me. I never got up. But this is why you read the Word of God. Because then I sat doing and I read this about scouts. God had already said, just God, trust my bewema. Joshua, I'll just, I'm worried about the future here. I'm going to send scouts. That it wasn't needed. If the scouts came back and says, the wars are too big, for would Joshua's response be? His response should have been, it doesn't matter. God has said it, let's do it. I believe God was saying this Kevin, you don't need to worry about the future. He did not need to worry about the future. You don't need to you strategize too much for the future. You don't need to scout out. As you need to be, as a Christian today the day that trusts him. And he came from a red ass. I got my smile back. And now the anxiousness went. And now the cares went. What am I worried about? God can take me out the game if he, was, if he wanted to. But while he is not we get to enjoy this Christian life. On earth, we are sovereign, loving God, knowing that He has already been, and He's already seen, and He worry about a thing. Even if halfway through a sermon, I was to say, God, oh, i gonna do something tricky, you, something you're not expecting. I want to do some cartwheels because God would never expect somebody to do cartwheels in the middle of a sermon. And if I was to do cartwheels in the middle of a sermon, God would say, You've always been a daft, <laughs> I knew you again. <laughs> I've already been here. I've already seen you kind of trick me. You get up in the morning and mornings, so I'm to trick God, and he's something crazy. And God says, I've already, I've already seen you do it. You're not tricking me, I'm the great I am. Have you never read the book? are oh, the prophecies was fulfilled in Jesus. Have you never? you can see if it's come in because I've already been, I've already seen, I'm out with the scope of eternity. Should you decide to do a backflip in the middle of a sermon, God will simply laugh at you. And so you're not tricking me. You might look like a clown or a to else. God, it never on a time through this world will ever say, That surprised me. I really surprised me. I didn't expect that he was such a buffoon. I didn't think for a second he was capable of a backflip. Jake's a Nicholson, he's 40 years old. He thinks he can do a backflip. I would like to see you try. Because God would say, I've already been, I've seen all your mistakes. I've seen all your failings. I've seen all your prayers, and he's, He'll know whether you'll die in the faith or die rejecting mean, Him. He already know that doesn't excuse us the clash and the say, of the poor Our look, making a mistake here. He already knows, but it does give me courage every day to think it's yes, God's already lived through this with me. And he's looking to see if I will turn to him or I'll turn to some other book or some other theory or some other theology or whether I will turn to him. He's already been in Monday before him in Mondays and my Tuesday before him in Tuesday. There will be something waiting for you next week. I want to encourage you, mate. Go out in your spirits. Whatever happens, God's already been. And he's already seen. and He's worthy to be trusted. Let's pray. Jesus. And here I am looking at the clock. Right at the end of oh, a message to deal with eternity. <laughs> with time, I'm thinking, they're to be scunnered. I mean, is that the time? And I've spoken for that long, surely. Meat. Did you come for meat? Hopefully, you got a glass of milk with your meat. With all doctrines of faith, God's eternal. You're eternal, living within the confines of this time. I want to pray specifically for them that are worried. Are your worries, are your cares. Tick-tock, tick-tock, small and momentary. Every single one. But yet, it says when Jesus spoke about the good seed and good soil, one of the things that chokes out good seed, a few things. Satan himself, love of money, greed, and the cares of this world. I pray the good seed lands in good soil. Jesus, you've already been, and you've already seen our lives. You've already been and you've already seen this moment. And you look through all the expanse of temporal time and you see us, and you've allowed us to hear the gospel of good news, that you are the eternal God, and that sin would be a temporal issue, and cares, and worries, and sickness, and disease would all be temporal. We thank you for the greatest victory that was won, the greatest blow to Satan, through the power of the cross, and through the resurrected Christ. Our prophecies are fulfilled, and we see a God that is eternal, and worthy to be trusted, and release every person in here, with the snare of anxiety, with the snare of disillusionment, with the snare of worries, and right now, for each one, we fix our eyes simply upon Jesus. And we say, you are enough, Jesus. To know you is enough. To know you today is enough. To trust you today is enough. But though this whole place and world was smoldering, you would care for us. Though it's got to get drowned out by the cares and the worries, you would say, but you, you will not drown. For I've got you on the palm in my hands, and as we go off of here, as we face our Mondays and Tuesdays, as we're restricted by time, and a lot of us will get up the morn's morning and wish that we'd prepared better for the kids getting up, and we'll be looking for the uniforms and the snacks within the confines of time. I pray we we'll get up also tomorrow morning and say, "You God, you've already been here. You've already seen this moment." I trust you. In this moment, that you are we, Ma, and you will work out your great salvation within us, until we see you face to face. Brock off unbelief upon our lives, lack of trust, lack of faith, as we set our affections afresh upon Jesus. Give ears to hear, for the Spirit is saying. Give eyes to see, Christ clearly. We pray for our fellowship as we study God's word throughout the week. They would see you. See you through the Genesis story, see you through the life of Joseph, see you in the Psalms and the Proverbs and the New Testament and the Old Testament. You'd breathe fresh life into your church. We declare that this fellowship will not be deceived by the enemy. We wouldn't mark this complicated will We'll be a congregation of people that would simply love each other and simply love jesus for we trust you and we love you in jesus name we pray amen amen we will sing our final song we'll take up our tithes and offerings and god's already seen and he's already been as we go on to our rest of the day we'll hear alpha the final few sessions of alpha in the next few weeks, God's already seen and God's already been. And we trust Him in our lives. Let's stand to our feet. Let's give God the glory. Our prayer is always that we would just come and hear for Him and encounter Jesus. It's about Jesus. It's not about personalities. It's not even about if you found something humorous or not humorous. But if you glean something of the day, I pray that your of oh God's eternal value in Himself coming into our temporal situations and caring for us and loving us. And I think that's a God that is worthy to be worshiped. Let's worship Him.